This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our newest episode of Late Boomers. Today, our special guest is Nand Harjani, founder and managing principal of Creative Life Sciences, a multidisciplinary training that provides the spiritual seeker with a holistic approach to the awakening and expansion of their life purpose and of their mind, body, and spirit connection. And I'm Mary Elkins. Nand is an energy master and expert level intuitive. He's widely known for his work with the electromagnetic field in our ethereal bodies, and also for his personal and business-related consults, alternative healing, energy balancing, and as a public speaker on these talk topics. Welcome, Nand. Thank you to both you and Kathy. Oh, good. We're happy to have you. We are. We understood that you grew up in China and are of direct descent of the ancient civilization of Sindh. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell our listeners about how you learned of your psychic gifts? Yeah. So when I was growing up, uh, these gifts were sort of around, and I thought that everybody had them. And then when we moved to China, or really Hong Kong at that time, uh, most of the people, the Chinese there, also had some sense of what intuition was. So it wasn't wasn't something unique. It wasn't something special. Most people sort of talked about that and indulged in that. Uh, Most third world countries do. Um, And then one day, uh, while I was in high school, Uh, something occurred. And when that something occurred, I realized that not everybody that I was with in high school really understood the concept or or the mindset of intuition or energy healing. Basically, we were playing ball uh, on the field and someone kicked the ball and I figured the ball could sort of go this direction or that direction, bounce here, bounce there. And something inside of me said, go this particular direction because the ball is going to pop on the field and bounce this direction. And I was ready with my arms and caught the ball and it had a touchdown. That's interesting. Yeah. And and then what, then did you pursue it? Yes, I did. Um, Albeit very quietly, because I realized those that were immediately around me, the educational environment, didn't really care or didn't really understand the depth of what I was seeing. And so I kept that quiet until later on in life uh, when I was comfortable enough to step forward 
uh, and that was about in the 80s, 1980s. And I have not looked back since. Hmm. Mm, Good. Yeah. Yeah. We also understand that at one time you were a financial advisor, which is completely different from what you're doing now. But on that note, how did that lead you toward the important work that you're doing? Yeah. So uh, the, the arena was real estate and was placement of funds and acquisitions and dispositions. And I could see things on empty pieces of land that could be built. Mm-hmm. And so I would say to the specific clients, I think you can buy this for X number of dollars, build Y, rent it for Z, and turn around and flip it. Mm-hmm. And in every case, they did. And in every case, they made a lot of money. And that continued for a while until I decided money isn't the end of the day. What else is there in life? Mm-hmm. And so I left that arena and came into this arena. And most people would be scared or put in a position of fear, but that didn't even enter my body or my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I just packed up and left. Oh, so you actually physically moved as well? Yeah. From a, a different country or a different state? No, it was in the state, but from the office that I was in mm-hmm. uh, and the people that were, quote, my colleagues, I just packed up and left. Oh, <laughs> good yeah. for you. Yeah. And you it talk- didn't feel, it, it, didn't, it wasn't scary. It wasn't fearful. It was just like, you know, you have to do it and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Can you talk about the principles of prana and chi and what they are and how those principles work with our bodies and spirits? And can you explain the electromagnetic field around our ethereal bodies? Sure. Uh, Very good questions, Kathy. So the term prana is similar to the term chi, but the two are from different cultures. One is more Chinese in its ethnicity or origin, and one is more Indian uh, in its ethnicity or origin, but both mean the same thing. And so what that is, is in rough terms, a good equivalent would be life force. Life force. And, yeah, and we could, we could be even more specific and down to the, to the simple component of calling it a charisma, if you will. And so all of us have been in places where people have had high charisma, average charisma, low charisma. And the ones with the high charisma are able to achieve certain some things, and the ones with low charisma are not able to achieve the same thing. So we could take that same mindset and apply it to a life force, then some of us have a greater understanding of life force and some of us have a less of an understanding of life force. And we could, we could call that the ability to contemplate and understand a concept. So what life force is, uh, in, in my language, is a component of what I will call scientifically the electromagnetic field, although some scientists might disagree with me on that. Um, so let's go back down to a more simple explanation. If we have a half-inch water hose that's watering our garden, and we put a trickle of water through, then only so much of the garden is going to get soaked. 
hour, it'll take longer for the entire garden to get soaked. But if the half inch hose, when turned up all the way at the spigot, can drench the entire garden in say two minutes as opposed to an hour, why wouldn't we want to do that? Mm -hmm. And so the same thing occurs with the life force and that life force, that electromagnetic field can be controlled and can be modulated and can be enhanced artificially, propelled up, propelled down. And when I say artificially, that someone can get behind and push it like wind behind a sailboat. Oh, so, sure. so the sailboat doesn't have to rely on just the currents or just a motor or just, you know, a crew rowing oars. But um, when you talk about the electromagnetic field around our ethereal bodies, can you explain mm -hmm. that a little more thoroughly? Listeners that haven't ever heard the term ethereal body. Sure. So the ethereal body are, is, a, is a body that is part of each one of us. And each one of us have three bodies. And we're very familiar with probably the first two, which is the physical body. That is, if I reach my hand out and shake your hand and you reach back out, we've, we've got a connection and we're, we're connecting through the, the hand touch. That, that would be a physical touch. And if I say to you, you're really good at what you do, then I'm relaying a message to you, but not to your physical body, but to your emotional body. And if I'm sending you a compliment, then your emotional body will react in a certain way. If I send you a non-compliment, your body will react, the emotional body will react in a, in a different way. So those two bodies we're very familiar with. And, and you might you know, go to the psychiatrist for one body and you might go to a medical doctor for the other body. Those are the mm -hmm. two bodies. The third body is the true body of who we are, what we've come here to do, hmm. the design of how we get there, uh, who do we connect with in the process, who are our parents, who are our siblings. And that is, you can say it like a software that's downloaded and the download occurs over one's given life. So when you're ready for the next stage, the next phase of that software gets downloaded. So if you're in grade school, you don't need anything having to do with college. But when you get to college, then that download will come through and will tell you, you know, to finish this class or to befriend this person. And so that your life path can then proceed uh, according to the greater plan. It is also in this body that what I call the higher self resides. And the higher self is a guide that tells you if you're getting work done according to the greater plan. Wow. So um, what is that third body called? Ethereal body. Ethereal body. Yeah. Okay. I want to pursue that, but sure. I have another question I'd like to ask you first because sure. that is so important. But tell us, tell our listeners what creative life sciences is and also what your training encompasses. Absolutely. Creative life sciences is divided into uh, four basic components. Uh, the first component is that we sit down and we'll give you information, whether it's related to tomorrow or whether it's related to yesterday, which then leads you into tomorrow. 
the colloquial term might be clairvoyance. Uh, I prefer the word intuition. And we have a specific modality that we utilize, one that I've created, that creates a very high and accurate uh, vehicle to provide that information. And I've had clients, for instance, that will you know, call me three years later and say, you know, the session that we had three years ago, well, you said X and X appears, just as you had determined that it would. Uh-huh. So informational. Uh, the second one is more of an alternative healing uh, or, or the word complementary healing can be used. And what the medical science cannot fix, whether it's through medication, whether it's through surgery or other means, uh, there are alternatives. And some of the more common alternatives that we have come to accept are, for example, acupuncture. Uh, We've come to accept meditation as a form of repair. And so we do something that's completely different. And what we do is we, then going back to that electromagnetic field, we actually play with that. And when that is out of balance, then you have a body that is devoid of repair. And we create a place and space by manipulating that electromagnetic field so that the body can be, quote, repaired and back up to where it should be. And the manipulation is done how? Yeah, the manipulation, the, the manipulation is done both mentally, uh, so it would be long distance, and by touch uh, if we are face-to-face. And it's very um, specific. There are structures within that program uh, that tell you what to do. So if you went to an acupuncturist, for example, he or she might use a certain size of needle, might poke you at a certain point in your body. So they are accessing certain points in your body to enhance, since it's a more Chinese concept, the qi, electromagnetic field. And that then allows the flow of that qi through the body, through the part that was restricted. And that's where the needle comes in. So if we could visualize, let's say an opening, and we'll call that the acupuncture point, then the acupuncturists, as they're putting their needle in, need to get right to that space. Mm. And if they miss that point by a small amount, the repair doesn't uh, get completed. Mm. In our case, we figured out that if we deploy our technique, then that point actually floats to where we need it to be and is flexible. Uh And so the repair process is uh, more precise. Uh, Is it better than acupuncture? Yeah, debatable. Is it better than medication? Yeah, debatable. But the results are there. Hmm. Uh And the results are quick. Uh, They are instant. They are sustained for a long time, if not forever because that point has been satisfied. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, 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 I bring, and I bring up this particular example because there was a, a scientist down at UC Irvine who invited me to do some experiments with him for, I think it was well over a year, we did a number of experiments. And he's the one that talked about the acupuncture points versus what I do. 
Oh. Yeah. And so it gave me uh, it gave me some sort of connection as to how one versus the other functions. Interesting. Yeah. And what about the other two? Uh, yeah. The the other two components that we do the do the same thing for businesses. So we'll help guide uh, business folks in business language uh, through their company's needs, whether whether it is do we hire so and so, do we build this product, uh, do we rent this warehouse, sort of thing. Uh, and it seems to carry over very nicely uh, within our modality. The next component is we teach, and we have three different layers of teaching that we offer. Uh, those are listed on our website, but I'll very briefly go through them. For most of us, we are in, we're, we have a certain sense of empathy, or we're called empaths. And most people don't understand how to then take that tool within ourselves and hone it so that we can use it for the best of our abilities. The classes walk you through how to do that, ah. how to recognize another person with the empath abilities, the quality of the abilities, how to protect from interlopers, and how to just go about your daily life utilizing this tool. Wow, that's fascinating. Can you yeah. teach any layman that? Yes, yes. And, and also, um, what is the difference between being an intuitive, if there is one, and yes. being able to aid in healing someone or themselves? Yeah, I, I don't think that there is. I think it's more of a quality that's within us. So some of us are really great artists, and some of us couldn't hold a brush of our life dependent on it. So are we both artists? Yeah, we are, because we can splatter paint on that canvas right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but what the end result is which is better a splatter of paint or you know monet something or the other right uh so i think all of us have that but at certain degrees uh so not all of us could do a three-pointer at a at a basketball match but some of us can and some of us we're, well we'd need a ladder and very <laughs> close to the to the to the net right so <laughs> so each one of us has our own sort of particular unique strengths. And is it good or bad? Never a judgment. It just is what it is. So you do find that people are learning how to tap into the intuition that should be there anyway? Yes. And I think we had that before we've come into our current mindset. So if you lived in the Middle Ages, and you have to hunt for your food, we'd figure out how to trap the prey or, you know, farm the land. And today, we, what, we, what do we do today? We get on our computers, we tap Amazon, and the next thing you know, someone's dropping off the package. We've, <laughs> lost, we've lost the in-between, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. And, and so I think we're coming back to the in-between again. We're beginning to understand who we are, where... We're contemplating the process and the steps that lead from one end to the other end. And uh, so having those classes at this point in time is really very timely because I think that helps people. And, and, and the classes are very simple because they teach you whether you move forward or you don't move forward. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the concept of going to a supermarket and having, you know, uh, 
a display of chocolates. And as you're going through the line, you go chocolates. And at the moment, you pick up a chocolate. But what if you could understand that that chocolate would be harmful to you? Would you buy that chocolate? You wouldn't, right? That depends on how good the chocolate is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mary, exactly. Would. Mary would buy yeah. anything chocolate. Yeah. But, uh, um, can you further yeah. elaborate on the difference between being an intuitive and being yes. to we, able we to gotten, aid in healing? Yeah. So um, let, me, let me do that by arriving at the different classes or the, the layers that we have, the three different uh, offerings that we have. The second layer is one that teaches you how to hone in on the skill of uh, looking in the future and helping yourself to heal. And typically these classes are structured for just the individual that wants to play with it, wants to experience it, wants to dabble in it for themselves or their family and no further. Uh, so it is not as intense or as deep. And then the third layer of classes goes very deeply into how to fix and how to heal and how to see the future and how to understand the modality. So the difference between um, being an intuitive and, and healing, I think all healers are intuitives mm. and all intuitives are healers. So if we go back to the concept of the first two bodies we spoke about, the physical and the, intuitive, uh, and the emotional bodies. If you're looking at a psychiatrist, well, he or she is healing, but using words. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a doctor, uh, he or she is healing using a form of surgery or form of understanding how a certain medication might work in your body. So, so you've got a complete understanding of how to fix the physical body, and that expert is the medical doctor. And you've got an ability to understand how to fix the emotional body, and that could be your minister, your best friend, your significant other, or a psychiatrist, psychologist, and so on and so forth. There's a third component, and that component is what we do. So in order to understand what to fix, you've got to know where it is and what it is. Intuition comes in. And then you have to have the protocols or the techniques to complete the process of healing. So if you had a migraine, for example, and the migraine happened to be connected with your posture, then the information will come in is tell this individual their posture is off, go mm. to a chiropractor, but in the meantime, we can get rid of pain. Mm. And we can keep it at bay until you get to the chiropractor. Hmm. Interesting. Very valuable. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about also your personal work with intuitive readings and life mm -hmm. purpose sessions and the ability to read our body's electromagnetic fields and yeah. as well also seeing auras and having clairvoyance, all of those. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I do too. Do we have four hours now? Oh, sure. Uh, sure. sure. <laughs> so... I think, Kathy, that's, a, that's an outstanding question. And the, the four components of that question really all can be answered in one layer because we're talking about the same thought or idea, but looking at it from a different point of view. So the first thing I'm going to address is the aura or the aura field. And each one of us actually emanates a certain auric field. And that field can be either seen physically, can be sensed by touch, 
or just sensed by, I think you are, and fill in the blank. Uh, ill, uh, tired, sleepy, because I can sense it in your aura. So using that vehicle, uh, then one can understand what is the need of the individual, and you can prioritize that need. And when you prioritize the need, the next thing that comes in are questions. And so the questions can be initially asked by the person wanting the information or the person that's presenting the information. So whenever someone asks me a question, I always say, make it precise, because if you don't make it precise, I'm not gonna give you a precise answer. And if they cannot make it precise, I help them because I can see where they're going with this by examining their aura. And I guide them to the question. And something inside of them says, yes, that's the question I wanna ask. And once that's, that occurs, what you then do is the protocol is to access through the higher self. Now we're going from the physical emotional bodies to the ethereal body. And through the ethereal body, we're connecting to what's called the Akashic records. Akasha, Akashic records. How do you spell Basically, that? Yeah, A-K-A-S-H-A is one way of spelling it. And there are different ways of spelling it. But basically, the, the Akasha is your dossier of life from beginning to end. Hmm. So what you did this lifetime, or next lifetime, or the upcoming lifetimes, it's all in there. Hmm. And so to crudely put it, we gain access through the modality that I've developed to that dossier or that file. And we keep flipping. And we arrive at the current life. And during this current life, we go, well, so-and-so should be married because they're going to give birth to twins who then are going to become the people that figure out how to fix cancer. Mm -hmm. Right? And if we follow that, then your life purpose is to go find a mate, whether you're male or female, that can produce twins where these two souls come into you and facilitate that. So that simply might just be a life path. Be present to bring in the twins and take care of the twins until they can and educate them and until they can get to their life purpose, life path. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very simple way of looking at it, but it sort of describes and answers your question. But if that doesn't please, let me expand on it if you want to. Yeah, I would love that a little bit because yeah. that, would, that would be what a life purpose session Yes, that would be a life purpose session. And you're using to access these records just your personal intuition, or how would you? Are you training other people to be able to do that? Yeah, this this material is trainable, so uh, one could be trained to deploy that uh, on other people or on self, depending on which class you take. And the, the bottom line is the ability to clearly read that dossier or that file, the Akashic records. And when you can clearly see that about somebody, uh -huh. but they don't want to hear it, they're totally resistant. Mm -hmm. uh, is that going to just, you're going to go ahead to head, they're just going to drop it all yeah. after that? It won't go yeah, it'll, it'll show up in the aura because in the aura, there'll be a lack of a better term, a statement that says, I don't want to know. Hmm. And so if you perceive that, and you've been trained well enough, then you just don't go there and just don't present that information. Uh, yeah. Have you always been able to read auras? 
Yes. And even when you were small, yes. and you, you saw the colors of light around them. Yeah, so, so let me give you a practical way of using the auras and, and on the funny side, right? So my okay. children and I can both see auras and we'll go into a restaurant and this is actually a true story that I'm recounting. We'll go into a restaurant, uh, let's say to have breakfast and we see you know three stations and three servers at the different stations and a table will open up at one of the stations and the host or hostess will say, you know, we have a table open for you. Would you like to sit at that table? All of us stare at that server. And that server has a certain color around him or her. We go, no, nah, we don't want that station. We'll wait for that station. Mm. Right? That's so, interesting. So what have we done? We want to enjoy our meal. We don't want someone who is ill or just has a, for whatever reason, not a good attitude that morning. And why shouldn't we enjoy our meal? Mm -hmm. And if it means waiting for a few minutes, we'll wait. Yeah. And so we've actually seen people that have been ill physically. Uh, we've seen people that have been emotionally ill. And now we're not going to sit that station. We'll sit at the station. Thank you very much. So that's a practical way of using it. That would be practical in many other places besides restaurants. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like even whether you want to be friends with somebody when you're introduced yeah. to them. Yeah. Right. And you can take that one step further. If someone proposes marriage to you, how do you know? What, what qualifies that question to be answered? Would you like to marry me? Well, I would say, let's go do an intuitive look at the both of you and then look at your records and see what the reason why. And should it be? Wouldn't that be something you just know? Yeah, most of us do because we're tapping into our intuitions. But a lot of people don't have clear connection with that intuition. Mm -hmm. Right? So some of the things that we retain is if you walk down a dark alley today in a bad neighborhood, certain something tells you you're in a bad place at the bad time. Right? Yeah. So uh, can you explain life's purpose further uh, and how do you know you're on the right path? Yeah, so there are several indicators on how you know you're on your life path. Um, the indicators are will be lack of self-doubt, contentment with what you're doing. Like if you are uh, a grocery clerk and you feel content, then that's your life work. And as a grocery clerk, you might be interacting with people, but you're helping them. I can't find this, I can't find that. Can you do this for me? Can you help me with my groceries out to the car? And it could be as simple as that to something more intense. Uh -huh. So if you have good instinct and you have good understanding, then you're probably along your life path. And both of you ladies are uh, near the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. How often have you come across a person that, that it talks more about a project, but likely will never get the project done, no matter oh. what? Yes, right? a lot. I see, I see hands going up. What <laughs> if we sat down and we said, here's a pitch for a story and here's a script or here are the 
the cast and here's the crew. And if none of that matches, why do the film? Mm -hmm. Right. Good point. Yeah. So do people and consult with you on things like that? Sometimes, yes. But more in the business world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And, and I can and I can tell when a film that I'm watching doesn't have that connection because the the let's say it's a two-hour film and the you know the first 90 minutes of that film are really cohesive and tight and knit and everything's doing well, all of a sudden something changes. It's like, okay, that's up to you. So how did that occur? Because there was nothing leading up to that. Mm. And you can tell with some executive someplace making a decision saying budget <laughs> this or you know what I'm saying, other than that piece of art that should be completed. They should all have you in for the rough cut before they go to final. <laughs> final. Good point, Kathy. <laughs> what about the other five or four? Uh, I, I'm sorry, you're asking about? About the indications of your life's purpose and how you know right. it. Right. So we have uh, contentment. We have a sense of calm. We have a sense of being happy. And when you have that, the other two come into place and the other two are you, well, not through serendipity, but through life plan, begin to connect with the right people who are on a similar journey and each of the two of you will help each other move along that life path. And the last thing is that whatever you produce whether you are baking a cake, whether you are, I don't know, building a robot for tomorrow's use, whatever it might be, you'll feel that you're going in the right direction and the right people on the right team with you doing it. Those mm -hmm. are the five. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can you also help us a bit on how more of us can become a healing light in these days of COVID and climate change and division and war and displacement and all the terrible yeah. things that are going on. That actually uh, marries a whole separate conversation, but let me just touch upon that very briefly because it, it's sort of part of another conversation, yet it is part of the conversation that we're having. So I think that there are time frames similar to say uh, astrological signs if you go from one sign, uh, you know, kind of know the characteristic of that individual to the next sign. So I think we are leading a time frame and going into the next time frame. And my belief is, from what I'm seeing, that is that time frame is roughly about 20, 2,000 to 22, 2,300 years in duration. Hmm. And we have just begun the new one roughly around the year 2000. So we're in the cusp of the two, ending one and beginning the other. And my belief is that the new time frame has more sensitivity, more compassion, more caring, uh, more of a collective. And in the past one, it is more materialistic. And what I mean by that is, how many homes do I own? How many cars do I own? How many people do I control? And I think that mindset is beginning to fail and leave us. 
And so what we're experiencing, whether you talk about COVID or whether you talk about some other concept that's rifling through the world today, I think we all can see the end of that time and the new time will come into play. And we're experiencing history in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's what I'm sensing. That's what I'm seeing. Even though we're going through all this divisiveness, that has to yeah. occur in the switchover, right? It has to. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, at, at any switchover, uh, it isn't an easy assignment. It's very difficult. Uh, and, and the switchover might be, let's say, one of our houses burns down. Yeah, you can't go back in there. you got to rebuild it. And that rebuilding might take uh, a dozen months, 18 months. And that I would call the cusp because you're still remembering the photograph that got burned and that picture that you had on the wall. But the new wall is not going to have the same picture because it got burned. That's scary because we both live in the hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are ways to there are ways to perceive things like that and be ahead of that curve, and that's where the intuition comes in, and that's where the empathy can come in, because you can sense different things. Yeah. So then, we're I think we're all moving towards that direction. And then you would be trying to help people become vessels of healing light is what you talk about, right? Yes. Yes. Or to to repair them so they can go finish whatever they're here to do. Mm. That is, that is a different way of looking at a repair. If you're not doing it directly, you're, you're facilitating someone else to do it. Mm. Okay. And, And then what is an empath and how do you teach that? Yeah. An empath is someone that has a sense of intuition, a sense of healing, but it's very minimal. And I think most of the world's population is empathic. And as long as you have language, a way to explain concepts and a way to understand how to go through a lesson, not too dissimilar than learning say mathematics in school. And once you have those components and you begin to so to go through the process of learning that and becoming fluent in it, then I think that gives you the wherewithal on how to tune in to what's coming down the pipeline. So if we were walking down that dark alley that I mentioned before, and if one of us was an empath, one the empath would say, we don't want to go down there. Whereas the other one who isn't tuning in or cannot tune in would say, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? Good point. There's so much to talk about with you. And I know that there's a lot we didn't mention. Is there anything you would like to add? Because we may have forgotten to ask you something critical. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to hear all there is to hear. Yes. Maybe maybe that's a part two of 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 this program. That's a great idea. And on that note, we would like to thank our guests today, Nand Harjani who is an energy master, expert level intuitive, and founder of Creative Life Sciences. Thank you so much. And Nan's Nan's website is creativelifesciences.com. And you can reach him through that at any time, get in touch and find out about his programs. Thanks. 
Thank you, Nand. And we want to remind our listeners to visit our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and drop us a line to tell us how you are listening to our podcasts and what you're enjoying. And you can also DM us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram page. We want to serve, inspire, and entertain you. Thanks again, Nan, for being here. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.